0: Political positioning. I'm not negotiating the future today.
1: How talk of a coalition is dominating the campaign trail. Homeowners on edge.
0: We're
2: not
3: going anywhere. We're staying here. This is our house. We're all here together.
1: Why they fear they'll lose their homes and how Coquitlam's mayor is stepping in. And a message to the NBA. Vancouver had a shot and we deserve a second chance. Diehard Grizzlies fans make a play to bring back their team.
4: You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at six.
1: Good evening, and thanks for joining us. Chris is off tonight. With one week left before Election Day, talk has turned toward the possibility of a coalition. NDP leader Jagmeet Singh said absolutely to that scenario when asked this weekend. And while he is walking back those comments today, as Jill Bennett reports, that hasn't stopped everyone else from bringing it up.
0: Get your vote on, Get everybody. your vote on, yes, that's so good. Get your vote on. <laughs>
5: Plenty of handshaking and smiles for NDP leader Jagmeet Singh in Vancouver. And while he focused on the campaign, it was a comment he made Sunday that dominated the discussion.
6: If the Conservatives win more seats, will you still try to form a coalition government with the Liberals?
0: Oh, absolutely, because we're, we're not going to support a Conservative government.
5: During campaign stops on Monday, Singh was asked to clarify what he meant to the point he stepped back from the idea.
0: That was not my position. My position is this. We uh, have a number of priorities. And uh, I want Canadians to know that they could vote New Democrat <laughs> Vote as many new Democrats as possible, and all the commitments that we've told you about, all our priorities that we told you about, we will fight hard to make sure that they're put in place.
7: We need a.
5: But with several polls showing extremely close numbers for the Liberals and Conservatives, the other federal leaders were also asked about forming coalitions. Liberal leader Justin Trudeau didn't give a hard no, but did repeatedly offer up this answer.
2: We are working hard to elect a progressive government and stop Conservative cuts. Can
0: you
4: clarify, yes, like straight up yes or no answer, would you be willing to form a coalition government? My focus is on electing a progressive is. government uh, and
2: stopping conservative cuts. Fiscal mismanagement.
5: Meanwhile, Conservative leader Andrew Scheer was quick to use even the suggestion of a coalition as a campaign tool, saying while he wouldn't entertain the idea, others
0: would. I believe Canadians now have a crystal clear choice between a Trudeau NDP coalition uh, that will raise taxes, run endless deficits, and make life more expensive, and a Conservative government, majority government, that will live within its means. Lower taxes, put money, more money back in your pockets.
5: Green Party leader Elizabeth May took a break from campaigning Monday, but has said in the past her party would not support a minority government that failed to meet her standards for fighting climate change. Jill Bennett, Global News.
1: All right, for more on this, let's bring in Keith Baldry from Victoria. If this should all come to pass a week from tonight, Keith, an NDP liberal coalition in ottawa would be a different animal than what we see here in bc with the NDP and greeds i'm not even sure if we should get into the weeds on what is a coalition and what isn't but clarify this for us
7: well, you know, I think we're all going to have to go into the weeds pretty deep, Sophie, because a lot of people are going to have to dust off their poli-sci 101 books that may, may have lying around from university, because we're into uncharted territory potentially on Monday. If we're in a minority situation where Andrew Scheer even has the most seats but doesn't have a majority, uh, the bottom line is Justin Trudeau will remain prime minister and he will be prime minister for some time because he will have a number of options at his disposal, including entering into coalition talks. But it's for him to make the proverbial first move, a, a, a move noticed by uh, SFU political scientist Stuart Prest.
2: He's the one who has a decision to make. So he can decide whether to try to, to uh, test the confidence of the House if he thinks he can put together a, a winning coalition. Mr. Trudeau basically has that that option.
7: Now, back to a coalition uh, talk, uh, Sophie. I'd be surprised if they go that route. We've never had a coalition at the federal level. Uh, we had sort of one during World War One. We've had coalitions at the provincial level from time to time, but not very often. A coalition would actually allow the NDP to have a seat at the cabinet table of a liberal government. I don't think Justin Trudeau wants to go there. I think he'd be more likely to try to enter into an agreement such as the B.C. NDP has here with the B.C. Green Party, which is called a, uh, a CASA, uh, basically a confidence and supply agreement, to keep them in power uh, with fulfilling a number of uh, sort of objectives the NDP is seeking. So unlikely a coalition, but maybe a cast that come Monday night.
1: Well, we do know that uh, I'm sure we'll probably be up late Monday
8: night.
7: Oh, yeah. you, <laughs> you to sort
1: Trying to sort it all out. Thanks, Keith. A demonstration in Cloverdale today against a controversial conservative candidate. Activists protested outside the office of Cloverdale Langley City Tory candidate Tamara Jansen. The demonstrators say Jansen is on record as being anti abortion, disputing climate change, and even supporting blogs that cast doubt on the theory of evolution.
9: We wanted to draw attention to the fact that this is the, her stance and people need to know who their local candidate is and not
6: just blindly vote for the federal party that they have been voting for for years.
1: In response, Tamara Jansen has issued a statement saying Canadians are tired of scare tactics and want a government that will help them get ahead. She says she's running to fight for a society where all Canadians are free to worship, protest, and believe in what they want without fear of persecution. The mayor of Coquitlam is taking the unusual step of directly reassuring residents of a mobile home park that their homes are safe and not in danger of being bulldozed. Global Sarah McDonald is in Coquitlam to tell us why Richard Stewart is calling out the owner of the
8: park. Sarah. Well, Sophie, confusion and now anger for many living at this mobile home park who say they've been misled by the park's new owner. And the city's mayor agrees. For the nearly 300 residents who live here, this mobile home park in Coquitlam is more than just an address. These 30 acres of land encompass their community, their neighbors, and for many, their costliest investment,
3: their homes. It's affordable housing for many, and it's close to the city. I love living in this park. I love the people.
8: But they rent the land, which in recent years has changed hands to a new landlord who's putting all of these concerned owners on notice.
10: He's pushed the buttons and people are like, oh, I better get out now
8: advising of plans to drastically transform this site to a mixed-use residential one in the coming years.
4: He hasn't even put it forward to the city. He's only put it forward to the owners.
8: And there's one major caveat to that lucrative redevelopment plan. The city hasn't approved it
4: and has no plans to. I will never have an interest in seeing this redeveloped.
8: It's mayor reassuring his constituents this lot is designated to stay just the way it is.
4: We know the owner has been buying up the units when they became available. This has the effect of lowering the price of those units. Um, I don't know whether that was his intent and I can't read his mind but if it was his intent he's got a fight on his hands because we're not going to let him do this.
8: And do you feel, feel like, like your homes are being devalued? Oh, oh absolutely. Yes. Yes. Right.
11: absolutely.
8: Which is why some owners, many of them seniors on fixed incomes, have hastily sold or listed their houses. Spooked by that prospect of the rapid devaluation of homes perched on land with a supposed expiry date.
0: We moved in here to stay here. And it's time for him to
4: start doing
7: what he's supposed to,
4: as a good landlord. And if he chooses not to, um, he'll be dealing with me.
8: The owner, a local businessman, declined our request for comment. And even if this land was to be rezoned or redeveloped, that is likely years, even decades in the making at this point. The city says it has no plans to change its designs for this plot of land, saying its owner is up for a long battle ahead if he plans to fight that. Sophie. Sarah McDonald in Coquitlam.
1: The future of one of Vancouver's most popular destinations is the focus of a new campaign tonight.
0: Where you find a Granville Island that you don't find in a lot of other places in the city is it's very colorful, it's very full of life.
10: A group
1: called the Friends of Granville Island has produced a video that expresses concern about the current state of the island. The island is managed by federal crown corporation cmhc the group says it's becoming more of a destination for tourists than for people who live in vancouver
12: cmhc is a residential mortgage company there isn't a single residential mortgage on granville island over time they've started to make the place more commercial and more tourist oriented and i think that's a big
2: shame in our plan We always planned the place for the people of Vancouver, and that if tourism occurred, our view was that it was strictly icing on the cake. You can't start to lose the cake.
8: The
1: Friends of Granville Island say along with the now vacant building that housed Emily Carr University, there are a number of spaces on the island that could be developed to attract more local culture and artisans. They're calling for more local control of the facility. New video shows the panic and devastation of a hotel collapse in New Orleans. That's coming up on the News Hour. Plus...
0: Just a blank space where the Taylor Swift banner should be.
1: Why the L.A. Kings are covering up the Queen of Pops banner. That's still to come. Right now, though, Vancouver's Union Gospel Mission serving up 3,000 plates of turkey today along with hope and kindness to the city's homeless.
12: On the, on the turkey and the just run across, just like
1: that. 2,000 pounds of turkey, 800 pounds of potatoes and 600 pies are served at the annual feast. More than 100 volunteers, some who were once homeless themselves, giving back to make it all happen. Five people become homeless every week in Metro Vancouver, and many don't know what supports are out there. UGM's Thanksgiving effort provides a warm meal and an important connection
0: giving them that emergency support of meals and clothing or shelter and then saying hey look we have a recovery program we have career development counseling and using that that's why thanksgiving this thanksgiving meal can turn into a miracle for somebody
13: they were amazing and honestly i don't know if i would be where i am today without sanctuary they really helped me grow and, and get the start my, my foundation of my recovery you know they just kind of they were just there And I think that's the most important.
1: The Union Gospel Mission says each meal costs just over $3. Most of the effort is funded by donations. Well, they only won 22% of the time. But Vancouver basketball fans loved the Grizzlies. Now, as the city prepares to host an NBA preseason game this Thursday, Grizzlies supporters are planning a big push to get their team back. And as Aaron MacArthur reports tonight, fans are already buying in.
0: (laughs) Nobody, shooting hoops at Kitts Beach, thinks another NBA team in Vancouver is a bad idea.
3: For sure, yeah, I'd be a homer for sure. I've always said if the Grizzlies came,
0: I'd get season tickets. Filmmaker Kat Jamie wants to do more than just pine about the past. Her new movie, We the West, drops Tuesday.
9: I thought that I was the only one that cared about the Grizzlies this much.
0: She's planning a rally Uh, of Thursday's preseason game. She says fans deserve more than watered-down basketball.
11: We only have one shot um, at this. The NBA only comes to town uh, once a year. And this is our chance to show uh, the league how great our fans are. Harvey to the
7: hoops!
0: An NBA team in Vancouver might actually make sense. At Granville Sports, Grizzlies jersey's by far the biggest NBA seller. All the kids that uh, used to go to the game and growing up now, they still are fans. But the dollars don't really add up. Not a ton of corporate support for the $2 billion price tag for a franchise.
11: I'm definitely not naive to think this is like, we're going to get it overnight. Like this is, this is going to be a long process, um, but we have to start somewhere and we have to show that we want, we want and can support a team.
0: The rally on Thursday, all in good-spirited fun. Former owner Arthur Griffiths, even Super Grizz, set to make an appearance. Not much of a chance that the NBA will return to Vancouver. But it is always fun to dream. Aaron MacArthur, Global News.
1: Well, our next story is a good reminder to check each charge on your credit card bill. But sometimes it takes more than just a vigilant eye. Andrea is here now with the story of a BC couple who got nowhere with their financial institution until Consumer Matters got involved. Ann?
14: Thanks, Sophie. Two BC seniors were having trouble getting reimbursed for an alleged fraud on one of their PC financial Mastercards. The questionable charge surfaced back in April, but months went by with no resolution. When it was determined their case was closed, they turned to Consumer Matters for help.
12: It was It was like, oh, there it is again.
14: Ron Gray expresses his frustration over an inexplicable charge that kept reappearing on his monthly credit card statement.
12: There was this mysterious item.
14: Back in February, Ron says he was about to launch a home-based business and signed up with some subscriptions, like WordPress, Adobe, and Bluehost, to help him with web design for his company. But for personal reasons, he put the project on hold. He says he had cancelled all his subscriptions, but in April, his wife Janet noticed something unusual on their PC financial MasterCard statement, a charge in British pounds from a company called BKHelp.Online. It didn't make any
9: sense because I'd never ordered anything for sixty dollars,
14: the couple reached out to PC Financial immediately to dispute the charges and say they were told to deal with the vendor directly and cancel the subscription.
12: I said to them, "Well, I tried phoning the number that was on the credit card statement, and it was an, an offshore number somewhere in Europe, and it wouldn't, it wouldn't complete."
14: Ron says he also went online to the company's website and couldn't get a response. So he went back to PC Financial for help, but says he wasn't getting anywhere.
12: I was frustrated when they said, you they repeated, you have to deal with the merchant. And I said, I cannot because n- the, I've got no means of contact with them. The phone won't work and they don't answer the emails.
14: What's worse, the Grays continue to get charged $60 Canadian a month, their bill climbing from month to month with no resolution.
12: We're pensioners. Uh, We have no income but our pension.
14: Finally, at the end of August, Ron says despite their case being escalated to a PC financial supervisor, they received the unexpected
12: news their case was closed. That lit my fuse.
14: Ron and Janet reach out to Consumer Matters for help. We reach out to PC Financial on the couple's behalf about the mysterious charges. Within days, the couple say they received a full refund of over $500 and $175 worth of PC points for their inconvenience. I was stunned that it was that quick. BC Financial telling Consumer Matters in this case the charges were not initially reported as fraudulent and were consistent with subscription purchases the Gray's claimed to have previously made. As soon as the charges were reported as fraudulent, our agents immediately contacted the merchant and were able to cancel the subscription and secure a credit to the Gray's account.
12: Well, I'm grateful that you were there. Nothing else would have moved it. Nothing else would have broken the log, Jen.
14: PC Financial also told us it has robust protocols in place for investigating and resolving fraudulent charges. As for the Greys, they are happy this matter has been resolved and again are reminding consumers to get in the habit of checking those monthly statements. And if you have a consumer issue for me, you can reach me at globalnews.ca.
1: Always good advice. Thank you, Anne. When it opened to the public earlier this month, the city of Vernon billed it as a state-of-the-art downtown washroom. But as Megan Tarcato reports, the stainless steel loo came at the expense of several temporary toilets, and locals say they're not seeing any relief.
9: Vernon's new public toilet facility helps fulfill one of the recommendations of a task force on improving safety in Vernon's downtown. It recommended the city install facilities to cut down on human waste in public places.
13: It's uh, built locally. We're really pleased about it. It's a quality facility. We know we need a washroom downtown. We know we need a public washroom downtown. And to have a permanent one Hook to sewer uh, lowers our long-term costs for the city and provides a better facility. The
9: toilet has a number of safety features, including slats that allow first responders to check on the well-being of anyone inside, as well as a sharps container and no mirror or sink to cut down on the possibility of vandalism. With this new facility set up, the city has removed porta-potties from behind a building housing several social service agencies a few blocks away. Now that those porta-potties are gone, the People Place building is once again seeing many requests to use their washroom. We've had a couple that have gone down in the washroom and we've had to get some help in there. We actually haven't had an overdose in the washroom, but there's a a lot of paraphernalia left in there. Not every time. The People Place is now appealing to the city to restore the public facilities in their area.
12: That is a
13: legitimate concern and that's why we put the porta potties there in the first place and that's why we would consider putting them back.
9: In the long term, the city is looking at expanding the number of public toilets. However, the next location will likely not be near the People Place, but next to Vernon's main bus loop. Megan Turcato, Global News, Vernon.
2: Oh, my God.
1: Get
7: to the back. Get to the back. Get to the back.
1: To the, back. <laughs> the cell phone video you see here capturing the panic after a crane knocked down part of the hotel. The debris crashing onto the street, a large cloud of dust blocking the daylight as people in the French Quarter took cover. Well, the situation in northern Syria appears to be spiraling out of control as Donald Trump has ordered all remaining U.S. troops out of the region, while at the same time announcing new sanctions against Turkey for the escalating invasion. Amid the chaos, ISIS fighters are escaping prisons and seeking a resurgence.
4: Tonight, a historic land grab is underway, reshaping the Middle East as the U.S. pulls out of Syria. Turkey is driving ahead with the full force of its military, grabbing Kurdish territory, capturing 50 villages and towns in six days. And Turkey is also using Arab militias as shock troops. Today, they tore down symbols of Kurdish rule. U.S. officials say the militias include former ISIS and Al Qaeda members. The Kurds' U.S. allies are losing and dying. 130,000 so far have fled Turkey's advance. So the Kurds made a devil's bargain, calling on their old adversary, Syrian President Bashar al-Assad, for help. The Syrian army rushing in to fight with the Kurds to stop Turkey from taking more Syrian land. In the middle are U.S. forces ordered to leave, already emptying some bases as they consolidate their troops to depart more safely. President Trump tweeting, the Kurds, who lost 11,000 men and women fighting ISIS with U.S. forces, are not America's responsibility. Anyone who wants to assist Syria in protecting the Kurds is good with me, whether it's Russia, China, or Napoleon Bonaparte. ISIS sees this as an opportunity. Hundreds of ISIS prisoners have escaped camps and prisons as guards go off to fight. At a packed prison we visited with 5,000 ISIS detainees, this ISIS member told me now is their moment. Everybody have a good feeling. Everybody have a good feeling that somebody else will take over here. Now optimistic, ISIS is seeking a new lease on life.
1: And Donald Trump is under pressure to denounce a disturbing video showing a likeness of him attacking his political opponents and the media. (laughs) The video was screened at a conference at one of the president's Florida resorts. Trump's face is superimposed onto a shooter's body inside what's described as the church of fake news. In a graphic scene, he violently assaults depictions of his political opponents and news organizations. The Trump campaign says it did not produce the video, which appears to be based on the movie Kingsman the Secret Service. Well, the impeachment inquiry today heard testimony from a key witness in the Trump administration's dealings with Ukraine. The president's former top Russia aide speaking with House investigators
10: behind closed doors on Capitol Hill. Tonight, the president's former top Russia advisor delivering critical testimony on Capitol Hill. A person familiar with the matter telling NBC News, Fiona Hill planned to tell lawmakers that the president's outside lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, sidestepped official channels to run a shadow foreign policy in Ukraine. Giuliani denied that allegation to NBC News today. Chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, Adam Schiff, pressed.
6: How's the deposition going? Uh, good.
10: And another appearance is also stoking fear among people close to the president. The, the ambassador the to the EU, Gordon resolved, Sondland, is set to testify Thursday. A source familiar with his testimony tells NBC News Sondland plans to tell Congress that when he told the top diplomat in Ukraine there was no quid pro quo, he was relying solely on what President Trump told him, not on any firsthand knowledge of why U.S. military assistance to Ukraine was held up or who ordered it. The president has denied Dan military aid in exchange for investigating the Bidens. It all comes as President Trump is keeping up sustained attacks against Joe Biden and his son Hunter. By the way, where's Hunter? The president has accused the younger Biden, who had business dealings in Ukraine and China, of profiting off of his father when Biden was vice president. There has never been evidence of that. Still, Hunter announcing over the weekend, through his attorney, he will step down from the board of a Chinese investment company by the end of the month.
1: Another honor for Canadian author Margaret Atwood. She has won her second Booker Prize, but this time she's sharing it. In an unusual move, judges declared two winners of this year's Booker Prize, Atwood and British author Bernadine Evaristo. Atwood was honored for The Testaments, her newly released sequel to The Handmaid's Tale. Evaristo won for her novel, Girl, Woman, Other. There is a rule that says the Booker Prize cannot be divided between two authors. But this year, the judges said they couldn't separate the two novels. Atwood and her co-winner will split more than $80,000 in prize money. In Health Matters tonight, as we brace for another flu season, there are concerns about a potential vaccine shortage. The flu shot is available in some parts of Canada, but most provinces and territories have only received a small portion of their
15: total doses. (laughs) The call to roll up a sleeve for the annual flu vaccine is made every October. But this year, Canada has a little less flu vaccine ready to go. We are aware that there have been some production issues with some manufacturers who supply vaccine to Canada. The problem began months ago when the World Health Organization began to plan for this winter's immunization
2: campaign. In February, they typically look at what the circulating influenza strains are and put together what they think are the most important components for the northern hemisphere because it takes some time to to mass produce these vaccines
15: but this year the who's recommendation came about a month later than usual canada's public health agency says that coupled with flu shot production problems has meant a significant portion of canada's vaccine supply has been delayed the agency says provinces only have around 60% of their total order now, though additional shipments are expected.
2: We have about half of our vaccine supply in province now, and we're going to get several more allotments over the next uh, few weeks.
15: The federal government says it's working to ensure any delayed shipments don't result in a shortage of vaccine in any region, though some versions of the vaccine may not be available at all zone's high-dose vaccine, which is approved for use among Canadian seniors, is not expected to be available until late November or early December. While a global shortage of flu mist means the nasal version of the vaccine will not be available in Canada at all this year. Heather, Urex West, Global News, Calgary.
1: After the forecast, why there's a blank space at the Staples Centre in Los Angeles and why the LA Kings are behind a pop superstar cover-up. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> I am curious though. It sounds so
6: sinister, doesn't it? It does, it does. Uh, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. It was a see. nice Thanksgiving, Sophie. Mm-hmm. I n- saw the sunshine through the window, <laughs> but not for the, su- the North Coast. Yes, it was wet and windy there. So wind gusts in excess of 100 kilometers an hour. Actually, the northern passage uh, ferry route up to that area uh, was canceled today because of it. Uh, and we here across the south coast have probably about 70 percent of the monthly total of rainfall expected in the next six days. Uh okay, so let's just back up though and enjoy today. It was beautiful for Thanksgiving sunshine today. I hope you were able to get out and enjoy it. Take a walk, work off that turkey, enjoy the fall colors, and maybe hit a pumpkin patch. Uh, yes. I hope you enjoyed it because we're in for a change. And it isn't going to start tomorrow morning, but tomorrow afternoon. But it's going to be a wet week. Subtropical moisture headed our way. So it's going to be one thing after another with a series of systems in behind that. Get your rain jacket ready, your umbrella out. You are going to need it. Up to 85 millimeters of rain potentially for Metro Vancouver. Other parts of the south coast could see even more by Sunday. One thing after another expected this week. And this is a good time to remind you to turn on your lights or when when you turn on your wipers, turn on your lights too. Just do them at the same time. You won't necessarily need it tomorrow morning, but by midday, and in particular for your commute home, you'll need that for sure across the Metro Vancouver region. Northern BC, you'll see snowfall in the morning, two to four centimeters before it changes to rain. These areas here, both wind and rain with gusts up to 60 kilometers an hour. Across the south, increasing cloud, dry for most of the day, but you'll start to see the rain Tuesday night and for the south coast as well, pushing in from the northwest. So Wet and windy here, these areas here expecting it by the time you're headed home from work. And yes, from there on in, wet and windy, uh, on and off rain expected throughout the entire week. And I'll leave you with one last beautiful shot from our terrific, uh, sort of sunny Thanksgiving (laughs) Monday. Thanks to John for that nice shot. Keep those pictures of sunshine (laughs) <laughs> in your memory, because you might right. not see it for a little while. Thanks very
1: much, Christy. Well, it's ironic that one of her biggest hits is called Blank Space, because that's what Taylor Swift is nowadays during LA Kings games.
0: It's just a blank space where the Taylor Swift banner should be.
2: Tweets of the day... For-
1: The Kings now cover up a banner that hangs in the Staples Center, which usually looks like that. It celebrates Swift for having the most ever sold-out shows at the venue. Fans notice, though, that the team has not won a playoff series since 2015, which is the same year the banner went up. And so, not taking any chances that there might be a Taylor Swift curse, the Kings now cover it up during their games. Has it worked? They did win their home opener on Saturday, but... They lost yesterday. Apparently, the Clippers also cover it up.
13: Really? <laughs> the Clippers have been awful forever. They were awful before Taylor Smith w- Swift was, was born. born. <laughs> yeah, it's like, come on. <laughs> That's actually true. I mean, it'll be better now with Kawhi Leonard, but really? I don't know if that means they can't play Taylor Swift in the... Yeah, do you play Taylor Swift? I don't know. Yeah. I don't
1: know. It feels like... I don't think that's
13: the reason the Kings are not quite what they used to be. Age to some of their key guys might be some of that problem.
1: All right, Canada's national men's rugby team made a lot of Canadians proud this weekend.
13: Mm-hmm.
1: Not exactly for their skill in the field, but they did a very Canadian thing. The team, here they are arriving home at Victoria International today after making their mark in an unexpected way at the Rugby World Cup in Japan. They were knocked out of the competition and their last game was cancelled because of the typhoon. But, as you can see, the players picked up the shovels and helped clear the streets of mud left by the super storm.
12: No, we wanted to be
0: playing a rugby game that day, but uh, again, like, uh, you can't fight Mother Nature, and some things are a bit more more important than rugby, so uh, it was important for us to to get up and lend a hand. It was
15: one of those fantastic um, connections with the community, with people, and, um, yeah, um, rugby and, and the places and people that, it takes me to it continues to blow my mind and it was it was a great day in an awful circumstance.
1: This is gonna sound super corny but they are winners just for doing that.
13: Well and the people in those neighborhoods will never forget this. Exactly. They'll never forget the it Canadian depends. rugby team on showing up to help. Okay so since about the midpoint of last season the Vancouver Canucks best player has been goaltender Jacob Markstrom. They don't beat the Flyers on Saturday without Markstrom's play. But they'll have to play a couple of games without him because he is taking a leave of absence to deal with a family matter. So that means when the Canucks play Detroit tomorrow, Thatcher Demko will be the goalie. Zane McIntyre will be the backup. And Demko says he's ready to go for however long they need him.
12: Yeah, I mean, we'll see, you know, what the the time situation is with Markey. um, you know, however many games it is, I'll be ready to go. So, um, you know, I was playing a lot of games in Utica and I'm used to, you know, carrying that load. So um, it'll, be, it'll be my first time kind of doing that up here and uh, I'm excited for it.
13: Of all the summer additions to the Canucks, the one guy who got a lot of people's attention was former Calgary Flame and Carolina Hurricane Michael Furlan. During his career, he has played the role of tough forward with decent hands. The role the Canucks wish Jake Furtanen would play on a nightly basis. Now it is just four games into the regular season, we get that, but so far Ferland has gone from the first line to the third line. Tomorrow he'll be back on the second line with Horvat and Pearson. He's moving around because he's yet to be the guy the Canucks envisioned.
2: It's been a quiet start for Michael Ferland. Through four games he's barely been noticeable. No goals, one assist, while averaging three hits a game. For a prized offseason signing, everybody's still waiting to see the best that Furland has to offer.
3: Uh, we're trying to find a fit for him. Um, I'd like to get him going a little bit, get him on the score sheet, and I think that'd help him, but, uh, and find him minutes. Uh, his ice time's been a little different from both, from game to game, and that's gonna happen, but it's only four games.
2: This is what you expect out of Furland, an in-your-face heavy to play against forward, A punishing type skater that creates time and space for his line mates who also chips in offensively. It's a style not everyone is equipped for and one that's tough to maintain for a full 82 games season after season. It's a tough way to play night in and night out. You know, you gotta, there's 82 games and you gotta be at the top of your game every single night. Rolling people over and, and doing what he does on a night daily basis—it can't be easy. And um, he's got a lot of other elements to his game that um, that are more important. Obviously, his—he's uh, got really good hands for a big guy, and, and very good net presence, and and actually he can, he's got some speed. So I mean, there's definitely elements to his game that he keep—you know—he's going to you know, bring to the group. After opening the season skating on the top line with Elias Pettersson, Furlan was on the third line during the Canucks' last game. His ice time and shifts played have dropped every single game since that opener. Versus the Oilers, he played just under 18 minutes. Against the Flyers, he saw just over 10 minutes of ice time. We expect big things out of you. I think the fans expect big things out of you. It's not there quite yet. Yeah, no, I think, um, you know, just got to keep, keep grinding away. Um, you know, just uh, be physical and, um, you know, just keep trying to, um, you know, get her going.
13: Connor McDavid and the Oilers off to their best start since 85-86, 5-0. Chance for McDavid, first period, he misses it. Patrick Kane has scored its 1-0 in the second period. Earlier today, Zdeno Chera and the Bruins taking on the Ducks. Bruins off to a good start as well. And speaking of good starts, David Pasternak scoring there. Basically, this would just be David Pasternak. Brad Marchand steals the puck off Hampus Lindholm, gives it to Pasternak, that makes it 2-0 in the second period. This is the third period now, Pasternak has scored again. Now it's three to one. And why not one more? Marchand, so the Boston Pasternak's won the game, 4-2 over Anaheim, he scored all four. To Washington DC, Cardinals-Nationals game three. National's up two nothing in the series. Marcel Ozuna drops it. So Rendon's fly drives in Adam Eaton. Take another look. He had to turn his glove the wrong way, but uh, they say if you touch it, you should catch it. Six nothing in the fifth for Washington. Lions and Packers at Lambeau. Where are we going with this ruling? This looks like rugby right here. Carry on, Johnson. Pushing, 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 it's with help from friends. Even the quarterback Matthew Stafford gets him. They push him over the line. 13-10, Detroit leads at halftime. Talladega today. Brendan gone up, over, and back on his wheels.
2: The seventeen goes up to side,
13: and he's okay. One more look. Sixty two is the car to watch.
2: It peels the eighteen off to
0: the right. It looks a And was he able to keep going? No
13: but he did walk away. Now that car is pretty much done for the day, as are a few others. Take another look, different angle. Just sort of got a bump there, and luckily it landed back on the rubber because at Talladega, we've seen a lot of guys barrel roll down that track. It was a tremendous finish though. It was a photo finish. Ryan Blaney won it over Ryan Newman by that much. Instead of a full, I guess you wouldn't say a nose, maybe a fender or a headlight or... Hood ornament? A hood ornament, yes. You could also go with a hood ornament.
1: (laughs) All right. Thanks, Squire. Let's check in with Jada Rand for a look ahead to Global News at 11.
13: Thank you, Sophie. You just showed this
2: a few moments ago. We'll have more on the Canadian rugby team and their efforts to help in typhoon ravaged Japan. Plus, wine concerns in the Okanagan. Last month's rainfall has caused some
13: problems. We'll tell you why it's having an impact on the grapes and what winemakers are forced to do as a result. We'll have those stories and more when you join us tonight at 11 Sophie.
1: That is very concerning. It is. I agree. Thank you, Jay. More than two decades ago, he traveled the highways of Western Canada and the U.S telling stories of woe and convincing good Samaritans to open their wallets. When a Vancouver Island man started receiving details of how this con artist ripped off his victims, he decided to catch the highwayman. Carly Stanton reports.
11: For years, faxes would come in and were tossed without a second thought.
3: They had just uh, looked at him, laughed at him a bit, and, and threw him into garbage.
11: But Joe Chetlane had a hunch and started collecting every page and filing them. There's just facts after facts after facts. Clues to a mystery needing to be solved.
3: I had all of his habits, whether he smoked, where he went, how he traveled, what he wore. And he always pulled a little suitcase along the highway with him.
11: He would travel Western America, meeting people along the way who were quick to open their hearts and wallets. His story, he was a Canadian businessman who was trying to get home to Sydney, B.C. after being assaulted and robbed. All the while, the faxes kept coming. The number he had provided his victims, Chatelaine's office at Lafarge Construction Materials in the Comox Valley.
3: They're asking for their money back because actually the husband is is diagnosed with cancer and uh, they're saying that they could really use the money.
11: It was those stories that prompted Chatelaine to take action.
3: This fellow has no remorse whatsoever, so I made up my quest for justice to capture this fellow.
11: He began to nail down his whereabouts.
3: And that's the latest place I've tracked him.
11: At the same time, contacting victims, explaining the situation. Terry Churchill was one of them. He happened to come across the man once again along the side of the highway in April of 2000. Officials were called and finally... 59-year-old Joseph Urzaffi was arrested. He pleaded guilty in federal court to a Samaritan scheme of wire fraud and was deported back to Hungary. Records show he obtained nearly $5,000. But Chatlaine says that's not even close.
3: We figure it's probably hundreds of thousands because I only got a small amount of faxes. He'd been on the highway for 30 years.
11: Chatlaine has been recognized by the state of Montana for his role in solving the case. And now he has also written a book to honour the victims. But he's not convinced the story is over.
3: There's many, many, many more that, you know, that's out there that maybe one day, you know, I might get a fax or an email saying, hey, you know, he got me, but thank you much for doing what you did.
11: Kylie Stanton, Global News.
1: Apparently I anchored... And reported on that story 20 you know, years. Yeah, really? gonna. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, thank you, Kylie, for not including the old footage of. Uh, that have been good to see <laughs>
13: you back then.
6: It
1: would have been great. Yeah, come on. Baby face, baby face. But you still do have still, a baby.
6: Yeah. Oh,
1: that's. We so
13: can't sweet. tell. You're 86.
1: <laughs> wow. I don't know how to feel about that. Okay. Final word goes to you because you didn't
13: just. Sh-
6: Was that my outside? Voice? <laughs> yeah, it goes, it goes to me. So dry in the morning, but by uh, by the commute home, you can expect the wet weather. It will be windy tomorrow night, also into our Wednesday. And really, it's one thing after another this week. Unfortunately, not much of a break. But we'll throughout the week, we'll be finding those breaks. For you so stay tuned. Happy Thanksgiving. Yes. Or was it yesterday? That's, I, I don't know. Today.
13: Whatever way you like, <laughs> pick a day.
6: Happy Thanksgiving either way.
13: <laughs>